So my project for young scientists was I built a solar powered device for education in developing countries and refugee camps and I won uh, the Trinity College Award for solving global challenges. Um, for me, I've always been interested in technology and going to like Coder Dojo and things like that, but um, I was following people like Malala and people like that and getting really inspired by people involved in humanitarianism. So I wanted to do something to help in the world, so I decided to combine it with something I knew stuff about, which was tech. I was working on it for about a year from kind of coming up with the idea and developing an early prototype and figuring out how it would work and to getting it to the final stages to bring it to the competition. Yeah, the Young Scientist is definitely a great place that encourages girls and that's great to see. And um, even from my own experience, I found we get a lot of speakers in school about why you should be a girl in STEM and why you should go into it. And from a lot of my peers in school who aren't interested in STEM, I've heard them kind of say, I'm not interested in that, so I don't need to listen to that speaker. But I do think it's really important for everyone to listen to them because it's not just the mindset of girls who are interested in science that we need to change. We need to change uh, future CEOs, future politicians, future teachers. And that's kind of one really important thing that I think that everyone needs to listen to it. Um, but even from my own experience, again, when I was looking for a work experience in TY, I was told by one technology company that they don't usually hire girls. And um, another one of my friends um, went as an en to an engineering place to get work experience. And there was a lot of um, other boys her age there and no one took her seriously over the boys. So while we've come a long way for girls in STEM, I think there's definitely still a big battle to be fought to, to get us on an equal playing field. When we're diagnosed with a disability or a condition, we're often told we're one in a number. In my case, when I was 14 years old, I was told I was one in 65. One in 65 people who have autism spectrum disorder diagnosis. Shortly after my diagnosis, I started diving into loads of different research and learning how my brain worked, why my brain worked that way, what other people feel like when they have autism, what challenges we all face. And very shortly after, I decided I was going to start developing apps specifically for people with autism. And I emphasize that phrasing because I stopped using that phrasing about six months ago. I no longer design apps specifically for people with autism. I design apps for people, bearing in mind the challenges people in, with autism face. The reason I changed the way that I talk about my work is about six months ago, I received an email that will stick with me for quite a long time. It was a person who is not on the autism spectrum who reached out and said, hello, I am not an autistic person but I really struggle with eye contact. Would it be okay for me to still use your app? And this kind of struck me as odd because I never had given much thought about it. Like I, the reason I had always emphasized the autism element was it was a problem I knew was specific to an autism population. I knew that a lot of my friends who have autism struggled with this. I know that I struggled with it. So I never gave much thought about labeling it in any other way. But that one email kind of 
made me look at it a very different way. When we say one in 65 people have autism, it kind of seems to create a sense of divisiveness. It's a sense of us versus them. They should be feared, they should be kept at a distance. They're different, they don't understand us. But an interesting statistic, 65 out of 65 of those people are human beings. Hi, it's Anna D here. I'm founder and curator of InspireFest. Welcome to Real Humans. This year, we wanted to do something a little unexpected. So we set up a booth backstage at InspireFest. All we had in that booth was a microphone and a series of cards that could be turned over to reveal a question. After they gave their talk and left the main stage, our speakers went into the booth, chose questions at random, and they ended up sharing lots of interesting stories and ideas with us. We wanted to create something that would give you a better idea of the human side of our speakers rather than just the technology, science and innovations that they talk about on stage. So we really hope you enjoy the results. It was something very new for us and a place that is not afraid to try new things is the Digital Hub, our supporters for the podcast series. The Digital Hub is in the Liberties in the heart of Dublin City in Ireland. It's a collaborative space and it's home to lots of technology and digital media companies. But it's more than just an office. You can visit thedigitalhub.com to find out more. Now let's run this experiment. So the cards are there with your questions on them, microphones running, and I'm going to leave you to it. Tell me who you are and what you do. Um, my name is Anna O'Connor and I'm 17. I'm from Cork and basically what I do is um, I use, I work on projects that use technology to solve global issues, um, which is what I did for the BT Young Scientists, I entered a project which was building a solar powered device to aid education in developing countries and refugee camps. And that's what I did for Young Scientists. Why do you do what you do? Um, I do what I do because I really enjoy it. Um, I love tech and I love STEM, but especially the area of solving problems with tech is something really passionate to me that I'm really passionate about. And I think it's really important to use technology to solve problems because modern problems need modern solutions. And I think that we can really change the world using technology and that's why I do it. What do you wish you'd known when you were starting out? Um, I wish I had known that it would work out that um, my prototype would work and that people would think it was good because I didn't really have a lot of confidence in it at the start and that was one huge issue kind of going forward. And another thing I, thing I wish I'd known in terms of the actual technology of it is that um, 
I shouldn't hook a car battery up to wires in my sunroom because a uh, car battery spec. Tell me about a time you experienced or witnessed an injustice and what influence that had on you. Um, that's a tough one. So I guess, I guess a lot of the injustices I'd have witnessed would have been in the news and in the media. But one that I experienced personally um, was I was applying for a work experience with technology companies in transition year last year. And um, one particular technology company told me that they don't usually hire girls because they just distract the men. And that really upset me because it was the first time that I've really seen the impact that being a girl has on you when you want to work in STEM. And I didn't end up going to that place because I didn't want to be in that kind of environment. And I guess it just really upset me. Um, but in the end, it inspired me to try and change the way people look at girls in STEM and to try and level out the playing field for us. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, when I was at the BT Bootcamp, the BT Business Bootcamp in March in UCD, I was told to never be afraid to ask for help. And I think that was one thing that um, has really stuck with me and one thing that really, that I needed to hear because I think when you're doing a project, um, especially an individual project, you feel really kind of isolated with it. And, you know, you're so focused on it and you're doing it all by yourself that you kind of struggle to let other people in to work on you with it. So I guess that's the best piece of advice I've ever been given because sometimes there's just things that you can't do alone. And sometimes you need to ask people for help and just to not be afraid of it is something that I really needed to hear and that was definitely the best piece of advice. Can you share a situation from your life that provides insight into who you are? That's a really tough one because I'm only 17. I feel like I don't have a lot of life experience. Um, I guess I'm gonna go right back to that one again about um, looking for work experience and being told that they don't usually hire girls because I feel like that really inspired me to fight for girls in STEM. But I think a another one is just less of a situation, more of a group of situations, um, would be being involved with youth theatres for acting, which is completely different to STEM, but they've really given me confidence to advocate for girls in STEM and confidence to talk about my project and those kind of things. So I think um, being involved in a youth theatre really helped me with that and has made me who I am today. And I guess I'll do one more. Um, what's the last thing you really geeked out about? Okay, well, I think that's an easy one because of right now and it must have been definitely Avengers Endgame. But prior to that, it was 100% Captain Marvel because she was just so badass and I think having a girl superhero that was that amazing is really gonna inspire a lot of young girls and yeah, definitely 100% geeked out about Captain Marvel. Give me one really great tip or anything. 
Um, one really great tip is to believe in yourself because that's something that I think I always needed to hear. Um, let the haters hate, let because they will. Um, don't listen to them. Just once you have faith in yourself, that's the only thing that matters. Tell me who you are and what you do. Um, I'm Kira Beth, I'm 19 years old. I do a lot of things, but I suppose the thing I'm probably most known for would be doing a lot of work surrounding autism advocacy. I built an app to help people who struggle to make and maintain eye contact learn how to do that in a way that's comfortable to them. Um, and I'm also now working on a bigger project that I'm calling Amazingly Autistic that will focus on providing tools and resources to people who have autism or even those who don't but have issues surrounding social skill development to help them learn how to um, kind of help them learn these social skills and help them learn how to put them into practice. Why do you do what you do? I do what I do because when I was 14 years old, I was told that I do have autism and I struggled an awful lot growing up with a lot of issues that I feel like with modern technologies, we can create innovative solutions that are really accessible to the vast majority of people compared to people who at the moment can't afford private therapies. This way, they'd be much more able to access tools and resources that are just as good as the expensive ones but they aren't bearing the financial burden of it. What are you not good at? I am not good at not falling over. I am possibly the clumsiest person alive. Um, I regularly dislocate joints. Um, I've never broken a bone, but I, I've, if I don't have a bruise somewhere on my legs or my arms, it, it's a strange occurrence. Do you consider yourself lucky and why? I do. I consider myself really, really lucky. Um, while it's taken me a long time to find it, I do have a fantastic support network full of some really fantastic people. I have a fantastic family who loves and accepts me for who I am. Uh, I feel like I got really lucky in that I found my reason for being on the planet at a, quite a young age, so I'm not spending a long time trying to work out what I'm supposed to do with my life. Um, whether I stay with it, that's another question, but uh, I consider myself very lucky and privileged. Tell me about any turning points in your life. I feel like I have had plenty of turning points. Um, we have the turning point, which is kind of obvious, which would be my autism diagnosis, which clearly set me on the path I was on. Um, we had the turning point when I was 12 years old and having seizures and miserably ill, which actually kind of ties into my diagnosis in that it was because I became so unwell that we learned I had autism. What is your guilty pleasure? I'm not guilty about it, but I, I love Lego. I love building Lego. Um, it brings me great joy, great happiness. In a parallel universe, what is your career? In a parallel universe, I think I'd still very much be 
in the line of fighting for something, fighting for some kind of human right, advocacy type space. Can you share a situation from your life that provides insight into who you are? This is a story that will testify to how stubborn I am. Um, I was told, when I started my project, I was told by a particular individual that I'd never be a successful app developer. I'd never be able to build an app for people with autism because I was a girl, I was autistic, and I was young. And he kind of laughed in my face at the idea. And initially I kind of, I left that particular meeting and cried for a little bit, <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, but then it occurred to me that like, actually, he's wrong. I'm going to prove him wrong. So it provided me great satisfaction to be able to go back to him kind of a little over a year later with a um, trophy from the BT Young Scientist to, to put it on his desk and go kind of, how do you like them apples? Which is probably a little bit mean and I probably shouldn't have quite done that, but it was definitely satisfying to know that kind of, he said I couldn't, but I knew I could. Tell me about a time you experienced or witnessed an, injust an injustice and what influence that had on you. I think, kind of, there have been a lot of times that I have been subject to injustice in the sense that people often make a judgment once they hear the word autism. So once they hear the word autism, if I'm with one of my parents, they automatically start directing questions like, they, if I, they didn't know I had an autism diagnosis, they'd say, would you like a drink? But if I'm with my parents and they know I have autism, they'll turn to my parents and go, would she like a drink? As if I was a toddler who can't answer for herself. Um, which always, it used to just make me angry. Now I'm able to kind of go, okay. <laughs> and I kind of focus more on the education side of it. And it's probably part of the reason why I do what I do. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I think I, I've been given a lot of advice. And I think my favorite ever is probably don't waste a meltdown on this. It was a very specific situation where um, something had gone wrong in school and the plan had changed and as a result, because of my autism, I panicked and wanted to have a full-scale meltdown. My teacher kind of looked at me and goes, don't waste a perfectly good meltdown on something as small as this. It didn't work, um, but sometimes when things go wrong, I can hear that piece of advice in my head and I'm able to just hold out that little bit longer until something else much bigger goes wrong and then, then we have a full-scale <laughs> full meltdown. That or else the advice that um, you're going to hear the word no a lot, you've got to learn to just say yes. So like every time someone tells you you can't do something, you can. Just prove them wrong. That was recorded at our fifth birthday of InspireFest in Dublin. We'll be back next year with a new and improved event on May 21st and 22nd. Tickets are still available and we wanted to offer a little discount code to our listeners. So simply go to InspireFest.com, click on buy tickets and enter the promo code HUMANS2020. That's a promo code of HUMANS2020. 
Thanks to all our speakers who took part in Real Humans and to our ACE team of producers at Bureau. For more about Bureau, you can go to akabureau.com. Thanks for listening.